Well, uh, originally this morning I was going to continue in Samuel, but I felt like uh, in light of the events of the week, I, I felt like uh, we should go in a little different direction. So I kind of scrapped everything on Friday and started over. So this morning we're going to talk about the spiritual filter and uh, I'll explain why in a few minutes, but I want to talk about filters. There's a lot of different kind of filters, aren't there, right? Uh, for example, you guys know what these are, right? Hopefully you change them periodically in your furnace. This is a furnace filter. The purpose of a furnace filter, at least for mine, it seems to remove dust from the air because when I change them, they're all filled with dust and particles. So this filters the air so that the, the impurities don't... Uh, continue to blow around your house, as it were. And then you have water filters. Water filters are great too, right? There's all kinds of water filters. Water filters that, and, and I, I just saw Megan say, hey, we need to check our water filters. <laughs> ice maker filter, yeah. My wife says that all the time. Check the ice maker filter. Because um, our, our refrigerator beeps at us until we change the ice maker filter, which is very annoying. Um, but uh, water filters r remove a lot of different things. They'll remove uh, particles, they'll remove odor, they'll remove bad tastes, all those things. And then you have uh, oil filters. Hopefully you change these periodically too uh, for your car because as your car wears down there's different things that get into your oil in your car and, and these filters filter that stuff out so that the oil that's running in your car remains clean, right? And then we get into this kind of a filter and uh, we use this when we're cooking, right? And, and, and this can go one way or the other, right? Sometimes these filters, usually for this, is using them for uh, spaghetti or your rinse and vegetables or, or stuff like that, right? Then you have this kind of filter, which is a little more uh, fine. I use this uh, when I make homemade soup because when I, after I'm done making the stock and everything, I'll filter out a lot of the stuff that you want to take out of the broth and that. So... It filters out stuff you don't want and, and keeps stuff that you want, so to speak. And then you have uh, this kind of filter, which is the most important filter, right? You have your coffee filter, which filters all the good stuff that comes through the coffee beans, and even, but keeps all the little beans and that out of, out of your coffee. And then a, a, a another filter that we're all very familiar with is, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> everybody looks and goes, <laughs> right, that we're really sick of and don't ever want to wear again, but uh, the filters that um, supposedly uh, remove stuff, bacteria and that sort of thing to help keep us healthy. But today I want to talk about a different kind of filter, and uh, I'm going to ask you if you'll take your Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 4 with me. You know, in light of the recent events in the world this week, I felt like we should talk about this. I've had some very interesting conversations this week with uh, what's going on in, in the Ukraine, with Russia invading the Ukraine, and I've had some interesting co conversations with people this week. And some are very concerned for people they know. Um, my son Ben has a friend in the Ukraine who he's concerned about, who uh, he, uh, he games with online. So and when they game, they wear headsets and they play this particular game where they have strategies and, and that kind of thing. 
So he knows these guys really well, and he has one friend who lives in the Ukraine who he's very concerned about. Um, and uh, another friend who's serving in the military. Um, I've had somebody else ask me, you know, worried about, you know, they're of, of drafting age. Am I going to get drafted? And I said, well, that's, that's, that's quite a ways down the road. And others are worried about, you know, what, what, what's going to happen after this and that. And, and there's, there, it creates a lot of anxiousness for people. But also it, it creates uh, a lot of opinions with people. Um, when you have something like this going on, that there are a lot of strong opinions about what's going on with the war. And, and uh, I, I admit that this week I probably have watched more news and listened to more news and talk radio than I have in quite some time because I've, I kind of want to know what's going on. And uh, in the midst of all the information and all the gathering of, of information, there's also a lot of uh, opinions being put out there about Russia, about their leader, about our country, about our leader, and all kinds of different things. And everybody, you know, opinions are like noses. Everybody has one. Some are big, some are small. And the, with all of this, how do we maintain perspective as Christians? How do we, how do we maintain perspective as believers? And what I want to talk about today is going to help us to maintain perspective regardless of whatever is going on in the world, right? Because before I get into this, one thing I want to remind us all, that when stuff like this happens in the world, God is never surprised. God is never surprised. God never goes, oh, I didn't see that coming. Okay, that just doesn't happen, right? Because we know that God is omniscient. He knows everything. And uh, so we need to remember that. So we're going to talk about this passage, and this is going to, hopefully help us a little bit Um, uh, because Paul has given us a filter for our minds as it were um, with this passage and um, there are actually people who walk around with colanders on their heads I found this out this week online they're called pastafarians (laughs) it's not a joke it's uh, it's some weird group out there but I don't know anyhow So Paul's going to give us a filter for our minds. Look what it says in Philippians 4, verse 8. He says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, let me say one more thing as I close this letter. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Friends, the human mind will always set itself on something. Do you know that? You know, there's a, a pastor in Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, uh, Pastor Mark Gunger, who does a presentation called The Difference Between Men and Women, and it's a, it's a really good study. And he talks about men's brains and women's brains, and he, he says that, that uh, men's brains are like, uh, they're like that, that, that thing you have on your shelf in your garage you know, you have a, 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 with all these drawers, a drawer for screws, a drawer for washers, a drawer for this. And he says that men's brains are like that. He's got a drawer for, for uh, sports, a drawer for work, a drawer for his wife, a drawer for this, a drawer for that. And he says that all men have one drawer for nothing. <laughs> so when a wife says, what are you thinking about? And your husband says, nothing, he's not lying, Okay. 
We have this nothing box, and we love our nothing box. We love to spend time in our nothing box. But other than the nothing box, the human mind will always set its mind on something. Women, on the other hand, are sending their minds on everything all the time, and I won't take time to explain that today, but it's true. Um, if our mind is always set on something, we should set our thoughts on things that will benefit us and not hurt us. So Paul gives us this great list, and I, I want to go through it briefly uh, in, this, in this verse. He says uh, that fix your thoughts on what is true. What is true? True is something that is not false, right? It's the opposite of false. Kind of a duh thing. True is genuine. Um, when I uh, was a youth pastor, we used to uh, take our youth group to an event called OGN, which stands for Operation Good News. And it was a, a, a week-long thing of teaching them how to share their faith and teaching them how to, you know, a little bit about apologetics and that. And it's, it's very interesting because then we would send the kids out to places and have them witness to people, just walk up to people and talk to them about Jesus. And one of the things that they learned was that there were things that they would encounter that people thought were true or believed that were true. And they would encounter a lot what is referred to as relativism, which is this idea of, well, that might be true for you, but it's not true for me. There's only one truth, right? My shirt is gray, right? Right? Yeah. Thank you. Good. If Trish thinks my shirt is blue, does it mean my shirt is blue? No. It's still gray, right? Right. Truth is truth. It is what it is. No matter what you believe, truth is truth. I've used this analogy before. Truth doesn't care about what you think. If you stand on a 10-story building and you believe in all your heart that if you jump off, you're going to fly, guess what? Truth comes in and gravity comes in and says, no, you're not, and you're going to fall to the ground no matter how hard you believe. Truth doesn't change by our opinions. It's a scary, scary idea. So Paul says, focus on things that are true. Not true for you, but True. And our greatest sort of source of truth is God's word, right? So fix your thoughts on what is true. Fix your thoughts on what is honorable. What does it mean for something to be honorable? Something to have uh, good character or of high morals. Something that is noble. If you have a King James Bible, it, I think it says honest there. Or trustworthy, it may say in some translations. You see, we need to focus on those things that are honorable. If we focus on things that are dishonorable, they're going to consume us. They're going to beat us down, and it's not going to be a good thing. We need to focus on things that are of value, things that have honor. And then he says, fix your thoughts on things that are right, things that are just, things that are fair. There's a difference between right and wrong. It, it is amazing. I love old movies. How many people love old movies? I mean, especially old westerns. You turn on an old western, and you know when the good guy comes on the screen. Rye. Why do you know? He's wearing a white hat, right? And you know the bad guy. Why? Because he's wearing a black hat, you know? In the old films, they made it very clear who was the good guy, who was the bad guy. 
I was watching Henry Fonda in uh, My Darling Clementine, uh, which is a great movie. It's, uh, he plays Wyatt Earp, and I, won't, I don't want to go down that bunny trail. But anyhow, guess what color his hat is in that movie? It's white. And the bad guy is Yule Bren- uh, uh, Walter Brennan. And what color is Walter Brennan's hat? It's black. How about that? Amazing. And all his sons are bad guys, and their hats are all black. Imagine that. So in these old movies, they say, all right, let's make it clear. This is the good guy. This is the bad guy. This is the guy who's in the right. This is the guy who's in the wrong. But have you noticed that when you watch movies today, that that line gets blurred, doesn't it? And sometimes the way a movie is structured, you you feel yourself rooting for the bad guy. You're like, wait a minute. What is right? What is wrong? You see, we can really blur what's right and what's wrong in this world. But God's standards determine what is right and what is wrong. Okay? God's standards determine that, not ours. So, fix your thoughts on what is right. Also, think about things that are pure. Pure. Pure means not mixed with anything else. Things that are pure. If you have pure gold, it means it's gold and there's nothing else in it. There's no other metals in it. Uh, Years ago, before I was in ministry, I used to work for a company that contracted with the steel mills. And I worked in Cleveland, Ohio, down in the flats where the steel mills were. And uh, one of the really cool things about steel is they would do some recycling and that sort of thing with their steel. And they had these huge pots, which they called ladles, which are about, I don't know, 12 to 15 feet wide and about 15 feet tall, and they're big uh, containers. And they would put the steel on that, and when they recycled, you'd see these mashed-up cars that were into a block about this big, and they'd throw, like, one of those in there or two of those in there or whatever. And then when they heat up the steel, has anybody ever seen hot steel? It's orange, and it, it just glows, and it's liquid. And what happens is all the impurities come to the top of it. And it looks, they, they look black on top. And then this guy who gets paid a lot of money, because he should, has this long thing that looks like a rake, and he pulls this stuff off the steel to get rid of the impurities. And when the top of that ladle is just pure orange, now they know the steel is pure. Now they know the impurities are gone. God says, or Paul says here, that we should think about things that are pure. It reminds me of the story of the kids who went to their dad and said, Dad, we'd like to go see this movie. And they said, oh, is it an okay movie? And they said, well, there's a little bit of nudity in it, but it's okay. It's got a good story, and it's got a good message in it and everything. And it's, can we go see it? And the dad said, well, let me think about it. Well, um, the next day, he called his kids together and said, I, I, I want to talk to you. You asked me about going to see this movie. Well, I've baked you this pan of brownies. And I want you to know that these brownies are very good. They've got little chocolate chips in them, and they've got chocolate cocoa and flour and sugar and all this. But I want you to know that I threw a little bit of dog poop in it, but just a little. Everything else in it is so good. He said, if you eat the brownies, you can go see the movie. What was his point? Pure, right? Focus on things that are pure. Then he says, think about things that are lovely, things that are enjoyable. The, the, the word implies promoting peace rather than conflict. 
If we focus on things that are lovely, we will be someone others want to be with. If we focus on good things. Do you ever spend time with people who whine and complain all the time? Ugh. Your phone rings and you see them on your caller ID and you're like, do I have the strength for this today? You know? You want to spend time with people who are lovely, people who talk about lovely things, who think about lovely things, things that are enjoyable, right? And then he says, think about things that are, are oops, I, did I skip one? No, okay. Did I, okay. Whoops. Boy, now I'm really messing up. Okay, let's pretend that, that the admirable is lit up now as yellow. Um, things that are admirable, things that are, have a good reputation, things that are worth talking about, things that are positive, things that are constructive, things that are, are, are considered generally good. We need to think about those things. And then he says, think about things that are excellent, things that are better, things that are virtuous, anything that God would approve of. I think that's a good, what things are excellent? Anything that God would approve of is excellent, right? And then the last thing he says is things that are worthy of praise, things that are praiseworthy, things that you can say good things about, not things that, you know, tear people down. The opposite of praiseworthy is critical. So we want to say things that build people up. We want to be able to be thinking about things that are good about others. So this is the, the criteria that Paul gives, and this is the, the filter that Paul gives. And I'll explain what, I, what he means by that. So the question becomes, what do we do with these things? What do we do with these things? Paul says, okay, there's all these things, but what do we do with them? He also said what we should do with them. We should think about them, right? We should think about them. This is the key to a wholesome thought life. The word think in the original text means allow these things to shape your conduct. I love that. So allow these things to shape your conduct and who you are. Friends, what we spend our time thinking about influences who we are. Friends, this is a filter for our minds, okay? Paul says, these are the things you think about. Think of it as a filter. And if something in your world or something, should I, should I spend brain energy on this? Does it pass? Does it pass through the filter? This is important because we need to test the things which fill our minds, friends. Because, friends, we are responsible for our thoughts. Okay, sometimes a weird thought comes into your head once in a while. The brain's an amazing thing, and sometimes a weird thing, isn't it? I mean, I wake up from a dream sometimes going, what on earth was that? Because I, I'll tell you, I have some bizarre dreams. But we are responsible for the things that we focus on, the things that we fix our minds on, the things that we spend time thinking about. But here's the understanding with this, and how does this relate to what's going on in the world today? There's a promise with this, and it's in the next verse. What is that promise? I'm glad you asked. Here's what it says in verse 9. Keep putting into practice all you learned from me, including what I just said, and, and heard from me and saw me doing, and what? The God of peace will be 
with you. We will have peace as we choose the right things to occupy our minds with, friends. What fills our heads will influence the peace that we have. Look what it says in Isaiah 26. It says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, those whose thoughts are fixed on you. As our thoughts are fixed on God, he will give us peace. In other words, if we keep our minds filled with the right things, our trust in the Lord will be almost automatic. We will not doubt him or his promises for us. We will trust him completely. And the opposite of that is worry, right? Worry is destructive, isn't it? Oh, worry can plague your minds. It can hurt you physically. It hurts you emotionally. Worry is such a tough thing. I read a statistic recently that said 92% of the things that we worry about are either imaginary or out of our control. Let me say that again. 92% of the things that we worry about are either imaginary or out of our control. Out of our control meaning that you can worry about it all you want, but it's not going to change a thing. Or when we say imaginary, how much time do you spend worrying about what could happen as opposed to what is happening? What if this happens? What if this happens? Okay, do you trust God or don't you? Does that mean it won't happen? No, it means it might happen, but it means that God is still in control, right? Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, don't worry about tomorrow. Today's got enough trouble of its own. What is Jesus saying? Don't worry about things you got no control over. Trust. Don't fill your mind with that kind of stuff. Fill your mind with the right stuff. So now comes the hard question this morning. And if you're taking notes, you probably want to turn your page over. What are you filling your mind with, friends? This is an important question. Because garbage in, garbage out. Thanks, Mom. Garbage in, garbage out. What does that mean? What you put in your heads is going to come out. Remember that when Paul said think about these things, that that word think means allow these things to shape who you are and your conduct. The things that you fill your minds with are going to influence who you are as a person, the decisions you make, the things you say, how you treat people, and your choices and your very demeanor in life. This is important, friends. What are you filling your mind with? It's time to step on your toes, okay? What are you watching? When it comes to movies, television, what are you watching? There's a lot of crap out there. A lot of stuff that's just awful. There's... It amazes me that there will be people who say, oh, I've been watching this, and they'll put it on social media, and I'm thinking, okay, I haven't heard that. I haven't watched that show, but I've heard about it, and I've thought I'd be embarrassed to tell anybody I was watching that show. But what are you filling your mind with? What about social media, okay? I said movies and that. What about social media? Social media it can be very destructive, okay? 
we were, uh, a few of us were talking about this before church today. Facebook and uh, I'm old. Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and all these things. And most of it is just junk, right? I mean, it is. But are you allowing those things to shape who you are? It makes me so sad, especially for teenagers, where with social media, they're allowing that to shape who they are as a person. It gives them their value. Oh, look how many likes I got. Oh, look how many people are following me. It doesn't mean anything. It's not of any value. But what are you consuming from those things, too? What about internet? Beyond social media, what about internet? There's a lot of garbage out there. I heard a recent statistic that blew me away. 85% of the content on the internet, on the World Wide Web, is pornography. 85%. And I thought, oh gosh, that can't be true. There's a lot of junk out there. You fill your mind with that stuff, it's going to mess you up. It's going to mess you up bad. Because it's not real, and it's going to give you false ideas, and it's going to warp your thinking. Paul said, think about these things. Allow these things to shape your conduct. So what are you watching? What are you reading? What are you reading? What kind of books are you reading? What kind of magazines are you reading? You know, if you're reading a book just because it's a romance novel doesn't mean it's good. Sometimes I think romance novels are just as dangerous as pornography. What kind of books are you reading? What are you filling your minds with? I mean, what, what, uh, the books you're reading, are they all negative things? What kind of blogs do you, do you follow? You know? I, I would throw in with that, what kind of podcasts do you listen to? I like, I like to listen to podcasts. Um, but I, I started listening to one that somebody suggested, and I listened to two of them, and they were so negative. I said, I can't listen to this anymore. This is terrible. It's making me feel and awful. What are you reading? Because those are things that are consuming your mind. Here's my next one. What are you saying? What are you saying, friends? What are you saying in the conversations you have with people? What kind of jokes are you telling? What kind of stuff are you posting online? Oh, the negativity of... of uh, I'll admit to you, like, okay, I don't do a ton of social media stuff, but on Facebook, there are so many people I have blocked because all they do is post negative stuff. I love Facebook because it keeps me connected with my family, and I get to see pictures of my nieces and nephews and their kids, and, and it, it's just really cool to stay connected with people. But goodness gracious, I don't want to sit there and listen to everybody's complaints. Sometimes I, I've thought that Facebook should be called in your Facebook. Because that's what it seems like half the time. What are you saying? 
Are you a person that is just portraying this negative character? Is that what's focusing? Because if, if you're someone who's saying negative stuff all the time, I'm going to ask you, what are you filling your head with? What are you filling your head with? What are you thinking? Hmm? What are you thinking? All the other things that we've talked about this morning are, are going to influence how we think. They're going to influence how we see things. In Sunday school, Dan has been talking about what kind of glasses do you look at, look at the world through? What is your worldview? Do you see it through God's eyes or through the world's eyes? Friends, the things that you fill your mind with are going to influence how you see the world. They're going to influence how you react to things. Okay? When we talk about this morning, how do we deal with this, all this stuff that's going on in, 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 uh, in the Ukraine? How are you thinking about all this? It's a terrible tragedy. People are dying. I saw this week that some person on some TV sh talk show was so worried about this because it was going to mess up their vacation to Italy. Where is your brain? You know, maybe that's why I should say instead of where, what are you thinking, where is your brain? What, how, what is filling our minds? If we fill our minds with things like greed, anger, bitterness, jealousy, or other things that do not pass through the filter, we will never find peace with God, friends. On the other hand, if we focus on what is true and honorable and right and what is pure and lovely and admirable and things that are excellent and worthy of praise, we will have peace. We will have God's peace. We need to consume ourselves with the things of God. Fill your life with God things, friends. There are things that maybe you are, are consuming in your life. There's always a God alternative. Sometimes there isn't, you just got to throw it away. But there's almost always a God alternative, you know? I mean, those of you who know me know that my, my taste in music can be a little aggressive. I like the hard stuff. I like the screamo. I like the, believe it or not, I like the, what my generation would call heavy metal. I like the thrash stuff. I do. But there are a lot of Christian bands out there who do that kind of stuff, and I listen to them, and I love them. So sometimes during the week, you'd be coming to church, and the windows are rattling, and, you know, pastor's doing something, and it's all good, trust me, because that's what I'm filling my mind with. Easter's coming. Easter is seven weeks away. There's a tradition in, in many churches called Lent, it's that Lent is a time of, of preparation for Easter, a time to, to prepare our hearts for the celebration of the resurrection of our Savior, the greatest event in the history of mankind. I've put something together this year called a Lenten devotional, and each week I will put out the next week's worth. There's devotions for each day, except for Sunday, because we're here on Sundays. But there's devotions for each day, and they're out, they're out there in the foyer on the at the Welcome Center there. I would encourage you to take one. Please, take one. And go through them each day. 
Because, like Paul says, we will be thinking and focusing on the right things so that we can have God's peace. When the world is in turmoil and crazy things are happening and we don't know what's going on or what's going to happen, we find peace in God. Our peace was, I don't know about you, but my peace was never in what the Russian government was going to do. My peace was never in the security of the people of the Ukraine, although I pray for them. My peace is in the Lord. And that's where it always needs to be. And that's where our minds and our hearts always need to be focused, especially in challenging times. Amen? Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. And again, we do pray for our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine, Lord. And above all, Lord, we pray that you would use them for your glory. And I pray that you would help each of us, me included, to, to guard my mind and my heart so that it will influence and control my conduct, my attitude, everything about me. For I want to be a usable vessel for your glory. So I pray that as well for my brothers and sisters as we leave this place, our mind and hearts would be filled with your truth and things that honor you and things that glorify you. May your name be on our lips. May your word be in our hearts. And may your truth be displayed in our lives. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Have a blessed day.